Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of Amplify Your Business. Today, I'm talking to Catherine Warren. She is the CEO of Edmonton Unlimited. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. So right off the top, let's get into what you think three things are that every startup entrepreneur should know. Number one, uh, think big, start small. So by this, I mean, you have to be ambitious enough to keep your interest in your idea and to inspire others. But you need to also be content to put all the building blocks in place and have that sense that no job is too small that you still have to tackle it. Uh, Second, I would say build confidence through bootstrapping. So you need to be creative about all the different ways uh, you need to deploy to get your idea off the ground when it comes to financing, to building products, to growing customers, securing advisors. Um, Once you know your business needs inside and out, then your value proposition will really be outstanding. And number three, help is all around you. So tap it freely. Do not go this alone. Um, For example, in Edmonton, we are fortunate enough to have more than 20 agencies that offer supports for innovators. We have more than 250,000 students in our city to attract as talent. Edmonton Unlimited, our organization, provides free courses. We have accelerators. We have workshops, meetups, events throughout the year. We also offer eligible companies each 100 hours of free coaching. And you can select, yes, from more than 125 local or international experts to help you at every stage of growth. So if you want three hours with someone who's going to help you raise capital, then you want four hours with someone who's into international business development and five hours with a chief technology officer, you can have it all. You can max out those free 100 hours to grow your business with the experts that you need. Yeah. What what a great, um, I, I guess, offer that is to our startup community. I didn't realize that you uh, all offered that over there at Edmonton Unlimited. And so I, I, the other thing also that I didn't realize is what you mentioned, there are 20 agencies that kind of provide services and support then to the startup community, which is which is unreal. I've always known that we have a really supportive uh, ecosystem here for startups, but I didn't realize it was quite to that degree. And so that's really exciting to know. And so if a startup were to come to you um, over at Edmonton Unlimited and say, okay, I, I need some support. You're going to help them with the things that that you folks can do, but then you're also going to connect them, I'd imagine, to this broader ecosystem. Is that correct? That, that's absolutely right. So um, among our roles are programming, and we can get into that in a bit, um, but we also do that pathfinding. So we help yeah. uh, companies who come to us navigate these opportunities, pick the right fit, for their stage, meet them where they're at. So whether you're um, a member of the public with an idea that you want to explore, 
um, and we stream you into our public programming through Edmonton Public Libraries, or you're a third time entrepreneur and you just want to get into the valley and start raising money, then we marry you up with one of our accelerator partners. Um, we'll help you soup to nuts at every stage to figure out where you need to be when to get the support that you need. And then, and, and, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask uh, just with, in terms of a startup. So how do you define a startup then over there at Edmonton Unlimited? Because I've, I've heard varying degrees. And so it's probably important because you work with startups exclusively, correct? Uh, no, not at all. So we um, oh, are okay. the, uh, yeah, we're the innovation authority for the city of Edmonton and uh, we support innovators of all stripes and at all different stages. So, okay. um, yeah, so that in particular with the startup community, which is a very important part of our portfolio, um, we would identify uh, startups from the very earliest stage. So, um, this could be uh, an individual coming out of undergrad or grad school. Um, it could be an entrepreneur who has, um, you know, perhaps partnered in the past with another organization and now wants to run her own or his own shop. Um, so very early stage ideation through to the founding um, stage to possibly sourcing co-founders all the way up to, um, uh, you know, doing your angel investment rounds, building your business plan um, through to uh, series A and beyond. Um, Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so we support startups at every stage of that roadmap. Um, and then we also have uh, scale up and accelerate divisions within Edmonton Unlimited, um, where we, you know, help propel um, founders at, at these more advanced stages along their journey. Yeah. And so how many organizations, how many businesses would you be working with at any given time then? Uh, it's over 2,000 uh, startups, founders, entrepreneurs over the course of a year that wow. serve through our programs. Yeah, so it's it's substantial. And the programs range from, uh, you know, a, let, let's say a, a one-night event where you get, a, you know, kind of a taste of building a minimum viable product or you get a taste of how to create a business plan, all the way through to um, multi-month cohort-based programs um, where you're really digging into very specific areas of your business that you need to finesse. And is there a cost to the businesses that participate in any of the programs at Edmonton Unlimited then? The cost is free. It's yeah. free. So we get generous support from the city of Edmonton. We get support through the Edmonton Regional Innovation Network from Alberta Innovates. We have support from the Provincial Ministry of Jobs, Economy and Innovation. And we have support from uh, Prairies Can, the federal Western diversification shop. So um, we have leveraged the municipal funding to a great extent 
so that we can continue to build out more free programs for Edmontonians. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because I think there's a lot of people that don't realize that ecosystem that exists and how accessible it is, but then also you know, in terms of costs, like there is no barrier there to entry for any of the organizations or businesses that really want to start talking about um, their business and how do we take it to the next level, whether it's startup or farther along. So really exciting things going on over there at Edmonton Unlimited. Now, in terms of uh, the startup community, we're going to talk about that a little bit more today, just because it is startup week here in Edmonton this week that we're recording it. So we're recording it on the Tuesday of startup week. And you folks have an enormous number of, of events and things that are happening throughout this week. But one of the big uh, or the biggest event um, is on Thursday night. You want to tell me a little bit about what's happening Thursday night? I do. So Thursday night is Edmonton's launch party. And this is a tradition in our city. It goes back and. Um, more than a decade. In fact, this is launch party 13. And uh, Edmonton Unlimited is privileged to carry the mantle and host this event for Edmontonians. And the idea behind launch party is that the um, startup community and our team have chosen 10 startups for the whole city to rally behind from now through 2023. So these are high growth companies with tremendous potential that are going to get out of the gate. They're going to pitch to the community on a stage at the Edmonton Convention Center. We're all going to get to hear them, uh, to celebrate them, to lift them up. Um, And then we're going to follow them over the course of the year as they achieve their um, stated milestones. So it's going to be a fantastic party. Um, We have uh, indigenous dance and drumming. We have an incredible MC, Hunter Cardinal. We have these 10 amazing stellar Edmonton companies. We're going to have um, fantastic music, food, drink, and it's going to be a great time for all to just get back at it post-pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic event. We're going to be down there with the cameras rolling. We're going to be talking to these 10 finalists or these 10 featured uh, businesses that uh, you were talking about. And so we're going to do some short interviews with them. And then we're going to get some comments and feedback from some of the other people who are going to be in the room as well. So it is going to be the event that you want to attend during this startup week or other organizations calling it small business week as well. So there's so many different activities happening. This is the one that you want to do for Thursday night for sure. Now, a question for you about the startups. One of the things that, you know, we talk uh, a lot about on this show is just some of the challenges, um, some of the things that entrepreneurs have to overcome in order to, you know, get their business from zero to their, wherever they're at at the, uh, at the time in which we're actually having that conversation. I'm curious, is there anything unique about a startup versus, um, a business that's already been up and running for five plus years? in terms of the challenges that they face? Mm -hmm. You know, to that, I would say absolutely and not at all. So (laughs) on the the absolutely side, um, you know, a a startup would typically be characterized as um, 
you know, a company that's doing something novel at a very specific stage in their growth. Um, and it often has to do with how they choose to capitalize um, that, you know, that whole, that whole kind of hairball creates the notion of a startup. There, yep. there are other characteristics as well. Um, you know, usually uh, founder led, um, usually, uh, you know, they, they do a, a lot of bootstrapping and um, because they're doing something novel, um, they often have like a focus on intellectual property that's patentable, et cetera. Um, whereas, you know, other small businesses, they could be family businesses, they could be intergenerational, they could be um, businesses with a lot of peers, like you could be running a bar or a hair salon or a restaurant where, um, you know, it's quite easy to suss out the competition, um, you know, m- not so much so in the in the startup space. So, um, you know, that, so, so those are some big distinctions on the, um, you know what, we're all running a business here side. Um, it, the reality is you still have to exercise fiscal responsibility. You still have to manage risk. You still have to meet payroll. Like there are uh, just a lot of the things at, you know, whatever stage you are, if you are running a business large or small, you are accountable for. And that weighs heavily on the shoulders of um, entrepreneurs, particularly first-time entrepreneurs. Um, you know, it's sort of like first-time mortgage holders as well. Like just like having that financial burden, having assumed that risk. Um, and so... Uh, you know, with some of the resources that I mentioned earlier, um, we help entrepreneurs to understand, you know what, hey, everyone goes through this, um, you know, something that might seem like a crisis to you actually has some pretty tried and true solutions. Have you um, worked these through yet? Um, you're in good company. Here's someone who's been down this path and pulled themselves out of a risky situation and so we just kind of surround um, these these leaders and these emerging founders with all of this support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I've also wondered about too, and I ponder this a little bit because I come from a, a marketing background. We help a lot of businesses with their marketing. From your perspective, what is it that startups generally get wrong from a marketing perspective? Wow, there's probably as many epic fails as there are entrepreneurs, right? So <laughs> probably, yeah. We all have our we all have our ways of messing up the marketing. Um, I I would say that um, a, a lot of startups get streamed too early to marketing to investors before they even market to customers, and that is a huge mistake because ultimately any investor worth his or her salt is going to go back and say, how are you making a market? How are you delivering sales? How are you reaching the communities of your, you know, your future customers? So I would say, um, you know, number one, focus on customer side and client side marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. Another 
kind of classic mistake is, um, you know, and this happens a lot in tech led companies where um, the, you know, the founder, the CEO does not have a marketing background. It's very product led or IP led. And, and those leaders tend to make an assumption that they know what the market needs. They know exactly what's best for the market and surprisingly are, uh, you know, very unwilling or unfamiliar with what the actual data is telling them about what the market needs. So, um, you know, it's very important to do that research, do that product market fit, do that validation um, with your with your customer base and not, um, you know, not make the assumption that you know what they need and also not make the assumption that everyone wants to be marketed to the way you want to be marketed to. So I'll just give you an example, Um, you know, for, for many years, um, I ran a business that helped major rights holders. So film and television studios come to grips with interactive audiences. And, um, you know, they often made the assumption that they um, knew exactly how those audiences wanted to be sold that show or that movie, um, which, you know, turns out to be utterly wrong. Like, you know, turns out audiences want a 15 year old girl on TikTok pitching them that movie, not, you know, new man's voiceover on a trailer. So, you know, we, we now have the ability to listen to our customers, to interact with our customers absolutely directly and to hear from them what is going to work. They'll tell you how they want to be sold. They'll tell you how they want to be marketed to you. And it's up to you to ferret that out and to listen, listen, listen. I I love that. It's very sage advice because uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about where we're at today versus where we were, say, 20, 30 years ago from a market research standpoint is we have all of these data points that we can access immediately through digital media, through social media, through reaching out and having those conversations directly with customers. And so we we are at a point in time that we've never, ever had that same level of interaction um, at scale anyway that we, we have at our disposal now, right? And so I think that that is a really good advice in terms of, of leveraging the power of that today. Um, just as a little bit of a follow-up though, I'm just uh, kind of curious too, because I, you know, we talk about this echo chamber that the social uh, media channels have basically created with the algorithms and so on in terms of like some of the, you know, politics that are at play and, and different types of opinions and so on. And so we get into these echo chambers and we have a hard time busting away from that. How would you encourage a business? to when they're doing that social listening, when they're doing that customer outreach and that, that they don't get caught into too small of a niche of a echo chamber, uh, so to speak, so that they're listening only to a very, very select group. And then they'll potentially extrapolate that to, well, that's what the market is saying, although it's just one little small echo chamber. You know, that is that is the question. And a lot of it comes down to doing your listening in other geographical markets and really mm-hmm. understanding other 
um, regional characteristics and, um, you know, understanding different cultures around the world. And then, um, you know, you, you do need to find your, your people and there's, there's nothing wrong with, with kind of identifying who your ideal audiences are, but yep. don't, don't kind of close the door too early and, and get, get too narrow. So listening, you know, to, to audiences from other regions around the world, um, making sure that the platforms that you're listening to are not all the same, um, yeah. casting a very wide net in terms of, um, you know, kind of age demographic and socioeconomic demographics and things like that. And, you know, and, and all of these platforms allow for, as you know, hyper, hyper targeting, which, you know, to your point, maybe narrows things too, too quickly. So you got to do a lot of A-B testing as well when you're using these platforms. Um, and then I, you know, I would say um, after you've got the beginnings of a customer base, um, ask them for referrals because they might be in different bubbles mm. and then start listening to where they point you. So you've got that proliferation strategy, but you're absolutely right. It's a risk to be careful of whether we're voting or launching a company um, yeah. you know, to make sure we're not just uh, doing this in isolation in an echo chamber. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think one of the things that a lot of uh, startups will will do sometimes in the early early days of of prototyping or trying to figure out what their you know the their the viable product is that they need to sell, um, they'll ask friends and family right for their advice, and and it's really tough for some of those people to give them um, you know fair criticism, like, you know accurate criticism on it, and because uh, they're potentially rooting for the success of that entrepreneur as well, just as much as the entrepreneur is themselves. And so, yeah, you, you kind of get some false feedback at times. And so just making sure that we're not stuck into this, an echo chamber, even though we've taken it beyond the friends and family. Um, I think your advice in, in looking for other channels and really going broad with that research is a good idea still, too. Now, one thing that you did mention earlier on was uh, around the number of uh, businesses that you work with um, on an annual basis. And I think you said it was around 2000 or so. Now, that doesn't represent our whole startup community. Do you have a sense as to how many startups do we have in the Edmonton region um, currently? It's It's got to be, you know, sure. a much larger number than that. Well, well, actually... Um... Uh, according to our research, um, there are more than a thousand startups in Edmonton that are like startups proper um, okay. incorporated. Um, one of the reasons that our number is so large um, is that uh, we've got uh, a few things going on. So number one, we are the um, lead proponent and managers of the Edmonton Regional Innovation Network. So we actually, through that program, we support the whole region, not specifically just Edmonton. So we have okay. access to a larger pool. Secondly, yeah. um, we also work with very early stage uh, founders and ideators that are not yet uh, incorporated as startups. So that like top of funnel 
is also included in the individuals that we serve in any given year. Um, another interesting thing about this community is uh, about 50% of everyone who goes through our programs identify as tackling a global challenge. So 50%. Wow. 50%. So these are um, big, uh, you know, zeitgeisty, yeah. authority, tricky problems. So yeah. climate emergency, public health, food security, digital inclusion, social justice, reconciliation, these, these big global challenges. So um, that's very significant for a few reasons. Number one, it demonstrates that we are an impact city. We're a city of startups that are committed to making a difference on a global stage. Secondly, it says we are a city of startups and entrepreneurs that are tackling big enough problems. Yep. We are tackling exactly what international markets demand, and we are exactly where enlightened investors will want to put their capital. So, um, you know, with, with all of that said, it makes Edmonton a unique startup ecosystem, not just a great startup ecosystem, but we have a, a highly um, desirable niche, I would say, um, in terms of global positioning. I love it. Absolutely love it. And this is one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I, I like about some of the other supporting organizations as well to this ecosystem uh, that are doing some really cool things. And so you and I, we we chatted a little bit at um, Forward Slash, which was hosted by by um, Edmonton Global. And it was really interesting there in talking to the people in, in that room and the size of these huge economic uh, drivers uh, that were building uh, a business and 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 building opportunity around. It was really cool to hear that. But what was also really interesting was just really um, digging into you, you know some of the stories of some of these entrepreneurs that are are out there building these businesses that are going to have such a profound impact and the opportunity that's there. Now, I would I would imagine in the history of Edmonton Unlimited, there's been a lot of organizations that have come through your doors that have made a pretty profound impact. Do you mind listing off maybe, uh, you know, two, three of them that uh, really stick out in your mind as being ones where it's like, okay, they started from, you know, ground zero and we were part of that evolutionary story to now they're, they're making a huge impact. They're a big um, operator in the space in which they operate, but also maybe making a big impact on the global um, issues that we as a, a, as a global society are dealing with. Yeah. Well, you um, earlier on um, mentioned DriveWise and they were one of the launch party companies going back uh, many years and have you know, done so successfully and raised uh, more than a hundred million dollars in capital, and uh, you know, are are truly on a roll. Um, and and their whole goal is to make uh, driving safer. So they're focused on on safety on the roads. Um, another really interesting company that's had support 
from uh, Edmonton Unlimited, from the startup ecosystem is Aretto Labs. Mm. Um, they're a female founded uh, AI and cybersecurity company that's focused on making the internet a safer place. So specifically, they combat trolls online um, and have found a customer base with female politicians, with athletes, with celebrities, with high profile women whose feeds are just being overwhelmed by, um, yep. you know, trollish hate. And yep. so, um, you know, they're, um, Aretto Labs is doing this good work. It sounds like it's all digital, but it turns out, you know, there's also a correlation to safety in the real world. So if you can make the internet a safer place, by extension, you can make us all safer. Exactly. Hopefully, I was just going to say, hopefully, Daniel Smith, our new premier, has uh, engaged them because like her or not, her policies, she's going to get a tremendous amount of potential, you know, inbox and social media hate uh, just because she's polarizing some views. And so uh, that doesn't help with our discord out there from a from a policy standpoint. And so, yeah, Reddle Labs, uh, good on them. Hopefully, hopefully they're having that conversation with her right now because it's going to get uh, potentially uh, hot <laughs> around some of those topics. Um, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, and then there's a, another company, Growing Greener Innovations, uh, helmed by Connie Stacy. Um, yeah. This this company is an ingenious battery company. Yeah, the Grengen, right? The Grengen, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're focused on ending energy poverty for good. Um, and they have a, a wonderful solution. In fact, we've deployed the Grengen, which is their cool battery pack. Um, on our um, new signs around that we're taking around Edmonton to showcase Edmonton Unlimited to the community. So oh. we we chose a local solution to power these beautiful digital signs. Awesome, yeah. So that's that's fantastic. And I mean, there's many many more uh, than just those three. But uh, thank you for sharing uh, some of the ones that kind of pop into your mind immediately. And again, on Thursday, we're going to be hearing from 10 additional businesses that are set to launch and set to really make some profound impact here in Edmonton, as well as around the world. Um, what would you um, say would be the best way for people to learn more about what's happening with Launch Party and the rest of the things that are happening over there at Edmonton Unlimited? So, um, well, first and foremost, I would say, please go to edmontonstartupweek.com. We have more than 80 events all across the city. The vast majority of these are free. Um, You can learn some really interesting things. There's a a one that sounds so interesting called machine learning in the wild. Uh, The idea behind that one is we know what um, movies and TV tell us is possible for artificial intelligence. That's not what's really possible. That's not even what's really going on. You can right here in Edmonton see the thought leaders in AI, and they're going to tell you exactly where we're at 
with artificial intelligence and machine learning. So, cool. so just a, a super cool topic like that. There are yeah. dozens and dozens more. Um, and then um, you can also buy your launch party tickets there. Come on out. It's just going to be a fantastic Thursday night of celebrating these companies, of reconnecting um, with old friends, meeting new people, and uh, generally kicking off the fall. So before we go, I want to ask you one last question, Catherine, and that is, what is it that excites you the most about the position that you have as the CEO of Edmonton Unlimited? Well, this has just been such an exciting adventure to um, move to Edmonton with my husband to do that in the middle of a pandemic, to build an entire agency from from scratch, um, to have the support of an incredible community that really believes in Edmonton's uh, potential and reality as an inclusive global innovation capital. So I'm just thrilled to be uh, a part of something really big um, and to feel embraced by all of you and, and the goodwill of Edmontonians and to, um, you know, really uh, take on this city with all of you and put it on a global stage. Yeah, well said. And thank you so much, Catherine, for explaining to us what's going on over there at Edmonton Unlimited and especially launch parties. So get your tickets, everybody. Check out this event. Come down and say hi. We'll get you on camera. But then also those other 80 events, 80 events. That's an eight and a zero. Uh, that's a huge number of events that are happening this week around the city. So check it all out. There's a lot of really cool things that are going on. And I want you to get out there and support all of our small businesses, our startups, and everybody else on this entrepreneurial business journey that they have. And let's put Edmonton on the map and toot our bloody horns about it because there's so many incredible things happening out there. So please join us on Thursday night and at the rest of the events. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. And thank you so much, Catherine, for spending a little bit of time here with us today. Bye.